Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to episode 85 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I am so pleased to welcome back Mr. Chris Butterworth, one of our world's leaders in creating a sustainable, continuous improvement culture. Today, we'll continue our chat from last week's episode about his new book with co-authors Peter Hines and Morgan Jones called Why Bother? Why and how to assess your continuous improvement culture. Today, we'll really delve into the part leadership play in the assessment system and culture. We also chat about KPIs and KPIs and get into some interesting examples. Let's get into the episode. The million-dollar question is, what what part the leadership play in all this, Chris, on this type of or senior leadership play in this whole type of program when you're trying to bring in your own operating system, your own business system, your own whatever you want to call it, to then assess and review and get better and better and better with? So many, many uh, aspects to that. Um, one is that they set the tone for behaviours across the organisation. You know? So people believe what they see. So the behaviour of the leadership team is critical. And uh, in the focus needs, embedding a culture of improvement, the focus needs to be on inquiry and asking and seeking rather than telling and, and, and really inquiry-based coaching far more than mentoring in terms of um, sharing our expertise, there's, there's a need to do that as well, but we want to shift the percentage of time. So leaders' time allocation moves from a large, in the early days, uh, or before we even start, a big percentage of time is on the system of what we're doing the day job. As you go through the maturity levels, uh, the shift needs to be more on the systems of improvement and the systems of thinking and behaviour. And what we see in the, the, the award-winning organisations is that leaders recognise that most of their time is spent on the system of thinking and behavior and improvement. And that's what they're coaching in the organization. And it's their job. The people in the business are the customers of the senior team. And they serve the people in the business so that they can better serve the customer and the external stakeholders. And it's a big shift in the way we view our role as leaders. But that's, that's what it means. Now, uh, linked into that, senior teams that are on this journey will actually be prepared to have their own assessment. Please please give us and assess how we are operating as, as a team. Uh, and key also then for them to take part in assessments across the organisation so that they can learn what's happening on the ground. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. So really, in, in essence, you're saying that, you know, their customers and the employees, they're critical to this journey with their language, but shifting their behavior throughout the journey over time to become a lot more focused on the behavior and the systems and leading the journey, which I guess comes back to the whole why bother doing it? Because if you don't bother developing your vision and well, your understanding of internal customers and the voice of customers and your own vision of excellence, how do you know what behaviors and systems you're trying to make better? As a leader. Well, the danger is all we can do then is keep looking in the rear view mirror and, and banging on the drum to get the results, yeah, which will more. give us some short-term short term gains. 
yeah. uh, but is unlikely to be sustainable. Mm. Or just spend our time in the PL and stress about the financial yeah. figures. Yeah. yeah. Which is the ultimate lagging result. <laughs> so we work in, we work, you know, KBIs are lead indicators. So we need to be looking ahead rather than looking backwards. Chris, on, the, on this journey, should senior executives and leaders be defining some key behavioral indicators for themselves to help them Absolutely. improve their yeah. leadership behavior and approach and leadership systems? Yeah. yeah. Be clear on, on the behaviors as a you know, say a typical approach might be a senior leadership team would, would be really clear on the behaviors they want to exhibit amongst themselves at first. And how do we want to behave as a team? Let's really be clear on those. And we've got a couple of simple KBIs that we can use to check, you know, so end of meeting reviews, process conf- role confirmations, um, uh, but talk about them, Mac, is most important. And not, it's not, unfortunately, what we see sometimes is people define things and then they just kind of sit on one side. So bring them to life, use them constantly. And then as you're using them as, as a senior team, you reflect that behavior and people will see it in your interactions across the organization. Yeah, that's neat. It sounds to me, Chris, really like you've got potentially you've got the outcome where there is some form of team charter or team definition there with the behavior against it that we're really sweating and measuring. You know, this thing about, well, what's, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Who are our customers? Uh, What is, what do we, what behaviors do we need to deliver that purpose to our customers? That applies at team level and organizational level. So every team. Yeah, it can, it's, and I guess depending on the team level, it could be different, but oh, yeah. the critical well, element, I guess it's aligned, but it could be slightly different. It could be different. The purpose, the constancy of purpose might be same at a high level, but how do I deliver that purpose in a, in a team? could be slightly different. So you've got to have that. I think you need that golden thread. You don't want hundreds of different purposes going different directions. But if we all got a common goal, then how we deliver that goal is our team purpose. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Chris, what, what do you think stops organizations doing this? Like what stops organizations sitting down and defining, understanding what the voice of customer is, their purpose, creating a vision of excellence, and a, a maturity index or a, a, an assessment approach to actually track and plot that journey. I think I, oh, there's a few things. Honest, I think one thing is it's seen as an extra thing to do. It's more work to do rather than being thought. It's an, in the danger is it's a it's another program and it's owned by someone off to one side. You know, so it's something that's done to people rather than being sitting there and thinking this is the way we want to run the organisation. So it's not a separate thing. It's not about doing something extra. It's about the way we operate, the way we think and behave. So that's a fundamental mindset that needs to be to make this work at the start. Because if we're not thinking that way, then it won't really embed as a cultural change. It'll be another program and a project, and it'll have an endpoint. So that's that that's key. It's, it's not a program or project. It's, this is the way we we want to operate the organization. Therefore, what behaviours would we see in that organisation? Yeah, neat, Chris. And so, Chris, I guess, what would you say to the people that might go, oh, but Chris, but we have the ISO audit come in once a year 
or we've got this audit that comes in once a year. Why, why do we need this other audit that we're going to create as our own internally? They're, they're a great tool. They're great, they're great things to have. They give you that external confirmation. They're all, you know, all looking at separate things. But, uh, but they want to see it. What's happening between them? And, you know, I do see organisations that you, you hear phrases like, oh, the auditors are coming next week. We better get ready for them. Yeah, too true. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, that's very telling. <laughs> so why aren't we audit ready all the time? Because if, if, if what we're assessing is what we should be doing, then why aren't we doing it? Yeah. And Chris, I've, in the book too, I note that, you know, you talk a lot of these assessments and I won't name them, but a lot of the, the assessments from external are a pass or fail. It's mm. yes, you're certified. No, you're not certified. But I know in the book you've you refer a lot to like a rubric where there's stages of maturity. There's a level one, two, three, four, five. What's the power of having that more stages of maturity versus what a lot of external assessments are versus pass or fail? Well, I think I think you go back to the purpose. Is the purpose to help us understand how to improve? And so, so actually having a, a five level or four level of maturity, you know what the next step is. So it's not that you've failed; it's just you've not reached that one yet. You've actually, if you've gone from one to two, you've made great progress. Congratulations, well done. Let's celebrate what we've done. Okay, what do we do next? Now, interestingly, even at level five, the organisations that get to level five say, right, okay. Now let's change the criteria because we need to continue to make it even better. Because if we say, just set back and go, all right, we're at level five, and that's it, tick, it'll start going backwards. So it's that, that, so it's that constant striving for perfection, keyword being striving, because we're never recognizing we'll never reach perfection. So, so it's not a, a matter of pass or fail, because again, that's a bit audit language. And, and you know, for, like the shingle model, you don't pass or fail. You're, you, you're bronze, silver, the prize. It's a progression. Yeah, it's it. very good. It's very good. So, so I think that that progression is important so that we know where we are. What do we need to do to go next? And we we have a vision of what that future looks like. If we give people that journey, they can be thinking about, all right, you know, that's going to take us a while to get to that end point. What's our plan? The next twelve months, which will take us towards that. Yeah, it it, it it applies so heavily to seek perfection, doesn't it? Yeah, and also not trying to think that you're going to achieve perfection instantly. You're not going to become Roger Federer straight away. No, no, and, and you know, I, I'm guessing even Roger Federer probably he has a lot of humility, doesn't he? That's key to all of this is that humility. He 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 won't be. To be at the top of his game, he's got to be. He'll have been constantly practicing and honing his skills. Even when he was world number one, would never have sat back. So I've done it now. No, you don't get twenty plus titles by doing that. No. When I completed the train the trainer course with Scrumming, Doc Sutherland asked me to set up a community to get better together in this region. He believes it is a vital key to ongoing success, actually helping people take the red pill, as he calls it, not the blue pill and going back to sleep. We want to help you get better through training and then also together through the community, which also links you with Arvi and Jeff and many other experts like Peter Hines and Wendell and Gellsworth that we've had on this show. 
You know, the community is key to keeping us all together regularly, supporting each other, together with our world's experts, and helping us create a better future through our organisations and everything we do. In the Enterprise Excellence Academy, a community that Em and I have set up, we have the four courses ready to go. If you're keen, again, go to enterpriseexcellenceacademy.com and contact us or join the community, get onto a course, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye for now. Chris, for um, leaders or business improvement people, anyone listening to this podcast, what would be a two-minute tip you'd give them on where to start and how to keep moving forward in this regard? I I think um, start with purpose. Start with why why we want to do this. Uh, And then, then define customers, and uh, then define ideal behaviors. Then you might say, well, start with who's customer and then define the purpose. But that, you know, the, that, that's a kind of conversation you've got to have, talk about both to, almost together. But uh, be clear on both, I think, is key. And then what are the behaviors that will deliver our purpose to the customer? And then think about, well, how, what does the system need to look like to support those behaviors? And we've got the system what key behavioral indicators we're going to use to help us ensure we've got the ideal behaviors in place, which will deliver the KPIs. So that's the key link. We're not just measuring key behavioral indicators because they're a nice thing to do. Ultimately, we're measuring them because if we get those behaviors, we will get great outcomes. We will get great results. So KPIs are enablers for achieving the KPIs. Yeah, too true. Chris, and do you, do you, I know we covered it in our previous episode together, but do you mind just giving the listeners an example of a, a KBI that may lead to a KPI goal? Well, there, there, are, there are very simple KBIs, which could be yes or no. Uh, could be like at a team level, you know, a really simple one when one team or so had a, had a list of names on, on the visual management board and every time then it was late for a huddle they got a cross against the name and if they had three crosses they had to buy the whole team a cake uh that's a kbi it's good fun and enjoyed doing it and it was just within them and all manager came in and said this is how you're going to do it and actually they stopped doing it after about three months because they didn't need it anymore uh because people were all on time to the meeting so that's the thing with kbis are often short term you know you put them in place to embed a particular behavior that's that's one example at a more systematic level, uh, when I get an organization that I was working with, they had um, what, what they thought was a KBI, but was really KPI initially, which was a target for every manager to do two one-on-ones with every member in the team each month. Okay. Now, the problem with giving that number is, and it was built into the performance reviews. So people did it because it was in the performance reviews. Uh, in fact, some people need more because I want to, you know, this is a, this is a, I'm going to, oh, I've, I've done three because that's uh, what the kind of guy I am, you know. So, um, but the danger with that, it's not measuring the quality of those one-on-ones at all. It's just, it's a KPI. It's not really a K, it's not really a K, it's, it's measuring a kind of behavior, but it's not a good KPI because it's not measuring the quality of that interaction. So they recognize that. 
And so, well, actually, as well as the number, what we really want to do is put the emphasis on the, the, the value of it. So they then implemented um, uh, equivalent to an NPS, a net promoter score, which was the people receiving the one-on-one, the customer. So that's what it's like. Who's the customer of the one-on-one? It's not the manager. It's the person they're talking to, you know, the coachee. So if they're the customer, what one do is understand, did they value their interaction? So let's give them the opportunity to do an anonymous, quick uh, net promoter score on the value of the one-on-ones. And that will tell us whether they're getting the quality of the intervention as well as just the quantity. And that was an amazing KPI because it completely changed the way that those one-on-ones happened. Because if a leader got a whole bunch of stuff saying, well, actually, people aren't really valuing what I'm doing in the one-on-ones, what do I need to change? Right, let's let's talk about that. So a coaching session with you on that. What is How are you doing and what is it you're focusing on? What Have you sat down with your people and asked them what they would value most in the conversation? Because you're putting a lot of your time investing in this. What do they want to get out of it? Right. So it's, it's, it's a different way of, of looking at things. Yeah, that's neat. Hey, Chris, do you mind if I, I bounce one off you that I've seen before that I'm keen to get your thoughts on? Um, I, I worked in an ink factory where they make aerosol ink mixing. It was a pretty tough environment, high risk environment. And the team had a team charter. So they'd cascaded the team, put the company purpose and the core values down to the team. And what they were striving for was to get their safety KPI down. So what that is, is, um, you know, TRIFA, total recordable injury frequency, right? But what they would do is against one of the company values, they would define they call it a behavior so one of their behaviors was that there was a major slip hazard of marbles being left on the floor marbles from aerosol cans every aerosol can has a marble in it and the team would write under diligence you know we do we we do not leave we will not leave marbles on the floor and in each huddle they would critique as a team how do we go and they just put a red or green dot and you'd see the sequence of red or green dots going on and after they saw green dots for about six to 12 weeks, they then wiped that off and they'd go into another one. Is that a good mm-hmm. example or a bad example, mate, of, of a KBI focus leading to a KPI? So, so it sounds like a, a, a good example, depending on what they did with the data. So what happened when it was in red, for example? Yeah, they would have some strong debate and do root cause. Fantastic. Robust then in that debate. case, then this, yes, is, exactly. this is a, this is a so team where... A KBI is only any, like any, it's only any good if you do something with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great call. So, they were, they so, had very robust, respectful, but robust conversations and it yeah. could come from any yeah. angle in the factory. Great. Yeah, well, that's, and so, yes. So, so the test is, is it driving a behavior? Is it driving a response? Okay. So if we put in a KBI in and the more we're doing is, oh, yeah, that's nice and nothing happens and it's a waste of time. Okay. Any KBI that causes that kind of reaction is a good thing. And, you know, if, if they took the, got to the point where, actually, you know what, we've now changed the way people think and behave about this issue because it's, it's gone away, fantastic, what a great result. They might do occasional checks still just to make sure it doesn't, back in but it doesn't, it's not a main KPI anymore it could be yeah. part of a uh, uh, Gember assessment the one the one with that team that did keep coming up every six months or 12 months Chris was uh, teamwork and respect okay. so I think every now and then the robust conversations would start going a bit too far 
and they'd put that yeah. one up on the board and start the yeah. plot. Have we been have we been honoring teamwork and respect, which they had next to their value of honor. Yep. And they'd plot that one for a while. <laughs> get get so back that, on track and then go again. And again, that's another great example. And they may have done this, you know, but but that sometimes that might happen if if we've got words like teamwork and respect. But we haven't then taken it to the next level to say, what let's describe what that looks like as a behavior for us. So in our team, how do we show respect to each other? And the power of that is that you can then quickly call that out as it starts to happen and it's dealt with immediately. Whereas if you don't go down to that level, you know what, I, I might well think I'm being respectful to you and, so, and the person I'm talking to might think I'm not being here. Yeah? So, so you've got to agree that, that common behavioral norm. Yeah, that's a great point. So you've got to be able to see it is what you're saying, Chris. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. yeah, and measure it. Type the acid, the acid test I always give to people is, can you video that? Yeah, that's then great. you really know that you could you've got a, a, a behavior that you can all monitor. Thanks, Chris. Well, Chris, you, you've given me many insights throughout this conversation, but I'm keen to ask you, mate, what's been a recent insight for you? What's been a recent learning you've had? I think one insight is it touches on what we're talking about there is that I'm seeing organizations doing lots of great work on uh, defining behaviors and putting KPIs in place but they're not necessarily reviewing them and action driving actions with them, um, or they're not bring, doing things to bring them to life every day. So it, it's, it's, it's not enough. Um, if you think about PDCA, they're doing plan and do, but they're not putting the check and act in. Okay? So the check and act is often missing. It's critical to put that constant check and act in to keep the behaviours alive. Um, and I, I, I think... Embedding a culture of improvement is, is like being a, it's like a garden, that culture. It's got to be constantly nurtured and fertilised and, and some of the weeds need to be dealt with. And you can't just put seeds in the ground and let them grow and, let, and, and go away and, and let it expect it to thrive. It won't. So it needs to be nurtured and managed constantly. Um, and I guess going back to the book, that's what a robust assessment system does it gives you the ability to constantly nurture and manage that culture mm, too true and chris well chris thank you so much mate and to morgan and to peter also for writing such an amazing book that will oh, really you, help many organizations create a better future mate, how we can... should just mention brad that the all the author proceeds from the book go to uh black dog institute mental health charity so it's um I think that's just worth worth mentioning as as when people buy the book. That's a great cause. That's a great cause. Chris, how how can people reach out to you, mate, if they want to get in touch, learn Um, more, connect? LinkedIn's probably the easiest thing, or you can they can email me. Um, I guess you can put my email on the podcast or whatever. By all means, happy to happy to hear from anybody. Well, thanks, Chris, and thank you, mate, for sharing your knowledge and writing such an amazing book, and thanks for helping us all create a better future, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. It's been a fantastic conversation. Appreciate the opportunity. Cheers, Chris. Bye for now. Well. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. The first one, why, how, what? Chris mentioned that traditional lean or excellence assessments focus on the tools. 
what the employees are using and doing. Chris mentioned the key is to understanding the why, what the employees believe in relation to the work they are doing and behaviours are exhibiting. The next important element is how they are doing the work, the system they are engaging with and how this is impacting their behaviour. Culture is about behaviours and behaviours are influenced either positively or negatively by the systems people are engaging with. These are the critical areas to build an excellence journey, maturity assessment on rather than tools and techniques that they are using. The second key takeaway for me was find your few KPIs to support and align with review. Most organisations and teams measure KPIs, lagging measures or results. The key is to measure leading key behavioural measures or KPIs. The ideal behaviours you would want to see people and teams improve and be doing if you're achieving great results, moving towards excellence. When KPIs are transparent, inspected regularly and adapted upon, results follow. Incorporating KPIs into your excellence journey enables a short-term PDCA improvement cycle to occur in line with the mid-term journey assessment or review. This provides a powerful combination. Thanks again for your time and knowledge, Chris. Thanks for helping us create a better future. Bye for now.